Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men older than man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us as we unleash the euphemisms with Minute 92 of Dead Man's Chest. And we didn't even have to make them up ourselves. Exactly. It's almost like I got a... You know when I see this minute? There's only one song that I'm thinking of at this point that really wraps in my feelings. What's that? Dancing on the ceiling. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) That's weird. Because it's just like, woohoo, this is... (laughs) Exactly what this show's all about in this particular minute. <laughs> that's why it just comes up in my head for some reason. It's like a flashback to the 80s. Yeah, I wouldn't know those days. No, you, that's because you know the 60s and the 70s. No, I wouldn't know those days either. But firstly, yeah, you know, we managed to disappear for a week. Perhaps some of you noticed. I don't know if you. I don't know. Possibly. Unannounced, yeah. I was planning to sail through the 4th of July, actually. But we've been getting messages and emails asking what the hell happened to us. Are we coming back? Yeah. And it's crazy that it's been just one week, essentially, but it seems like so long ago because we broadcast three days a week. So when we take that week away, it's really like a bizarre hole that happens in my life, it seems like. I don't know. It's weird. That is weird. But like I said, I was prepared to delay through the holiday, but then I checked our email and one in particular caught my attention. Lori Jackson asked if everything was okay. Wow. Really? Lori Jackson asked if everything was okay. I mean, that one actually touched my heart. Really did. Wow, that was nice of Lori. Yeah, said she missed us and some other nice words. And in true scallywag fashion, actually closed off her email, like a sign-off with missing my pirate minute. (laughs) Yeah, we were missing it too. But Lori, you know, I really do appreciate the note and glad you are enjoying the show, for sure. Yes, definitely everything is okay. All is well. We try not to record a ton of episodes in advance, and we're like down to the wire at this stage with really nothing in the bank. And then we opted for that kind of format so we could actually interact and engage with the audience or keep up with Pirates of the Caribbean news, all that fun stuff, things that pop up. But the danger of that risky maneuver is that when the real world levies a work beatdown, it can be hard to recover quickly. (laughs) So here's the gist. Some behind the scenes kind of let's crack that door every now and then. Give the audience a peek under the breaches. It's semi-Jack Sparrow related. I mean, his favorite Rum Runner's Isle Escape method. You know, sea turtles, of course. (laughs) I work in wildlife conservation. Specifically the protection and rescue of native birds in urban and like suburban environments. With Urban Bird Foundation. Then I'm also working with Turtle Island. SeaTurtles.org. Make a plug there. Where we actually save sea turtles across the world. Like from Texas to Hawaii to Costa Rica. 
And it's been a perfect storm over the last week that has, well, it's just killed me. It's worn me out. We're like actively trying to save critically endangered Pacific leatherback sea turtles. We have a campaign to end the loss and death of dolphins, sea turtles, whales, and sharks from drowning in ghost nets and then being finned. Plus, we have this floodplain restoration project that's about to begin. It's kind of a massive deal that's going to help protect the remaining 10% of this Marin County's critically endangered coho salmon population that's left. It's like all this stuff that's going on. And then throw in some wildlife rescues like a juvenile barn owl, a little baby cottontail. (laughs) It's like crazy town here. I mean, I've just been worn out. Wait. What? The barn owl is me, by the way. I'm just saying us in general. Why do you have to get so technical? You said I, just so you know. So you're saying because I add that, I can't say that I've been worn out when who's the one who's been working like 100 hours in a day? And that's not even possible, but that's the reality. Like time slows at this point for me. Really? Yeah. So that's it. I mean, it's saving sea turtles. Other wildlife caused me to really push the pause button. And then Heather's trying to jump in and act like she's been busy. I just needed it to like catch my breath. And then it's like I didn't even have the energy to then record a short, sorry, I got to take a few days, that kind of thing. And like I said, I wasn't planning to return just yet, but Lori and all her kind words and then all those other messages inspired me to take a, like an early return. The day before 4th of July, I started getting my act together. And then here we are, Independence Day, celebrating the nation with some pirate action. So thank you for the support and thoughtful words, everybody. We love the support and uh, glad everyone enjoys the show, too. And what's great is I'm not sure there's a more perfect minute to ease back into the fun of Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) than this minute of flirting and euphemisms. (laughs) Right up my alley. So enough about work. It's Pirate Minute time, if I can kind of quote Lori there. That needs music right there. It does. Dancing on the ceiling. (laughs) Oh, and maybe we need to finish up the details of the upcoming contest so we can perhaps announce that next week or so. Considering we have the prize and it's awesome. Yeah, but maybe we're going to enhance the prize with a few things. And yeah, we do need to get rid of it before Heather claims it as hers. It's going to go up. You're not putting it up. Anyways, in the previous minute, we verbally bitch slap bootstrap with a backhanded I won't abandon you promise. The lowly deckhand Norrington gives his wig a good scrubbing, and Elizabeth takes on the role of third wheel. The toi in the menage, if you will. (laughs) And tells Gibbs and Jack that yes, her betrothed William Turner had someone else's chest on his mind before he leaves Miss Swan behind in Port Royal. It's amazing what a nice chest will make a backed up blacksmith do. It's the chest of Davy Jones, in case you didn't follow over there. I followed, thank you. Did you follow? Yeah. Minute 92. Ah, yes. Minute 92. Sorry, by the code of the pirate brethren, I did have to say that twice. And bow at the knee in honor of the scallywag minute. For sure. Well, seriously, the breakdown. The minute begins with Gibbs finishing his line. Chesley controls the sea. Because there was a dot, 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 in case you weren't following again, Heather. Captain Sparrow chimes in. A truly discomforting notion. Love. Gibbs gets the verbal handoff. Bad, bad for every mother's son. What calls himself a pirate. The minute ends with Elizabeth Swan and Jack in a non-verbal repartee. Elizabeth wants to muster some words but walks away as Jack watches in desire. And I say that with a question mark. For a minute recap, I didn't really want to get too deep into what this all means. Not yet anyways at this juicy minute. Well, juicy for us considering the euphemisms are always like a highlight of our day. (laughs) Anytime we could throw those in. Yeah. And when the movie actually provides them for us, that's even better. Yeah. Then our legwork goes away. 
But nothing says walk in the line than a Disney movie crafting dialogue that flies over the youngster's head, but keeps the like inner childs of adults entertained. That's what Disney is all about. Exactly. And yeah, I'm a freaking child, okay? I admit it. And I collect action figures. <laughs> Perhaps dream of someone sending to me to my room. You know, especially when I was having that beat down. If only someone could send me to my room like the good old days. That'd be like my punishment, but would it really be my punishment? It's like a case closed. Could have used someone actually sending me to my room over the last week. Because I can dream, can't I? That would have been nice. No computers, no phone, no email. Go to your room. I'd have been like, why, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> sure, there's a lot of like sexual tension in this minute. I mean, you could cut it with a cutlass. That's how thick it was here. The minute. Yes. The euphemisms. The sexual tension. But what's great about this is the whole Elizabeth is a pirate theme we talked about last time. Because Jack calls her out. Not only calls her a pirate, but really a scalawag. Did you notice that? Because there's no honor in piracy. I mean, he tells kind of her will negotiated with honor, gets captured by the fishy Davy Jones. And then meanwhile, she's the one standing there with the prize, the letters of Mark. Yes. He's questioning her honor. As to how she, she got, got it. Yeah. This is where the wheels, like, also turn for Norrington, this whole process here. As he's listening in. So. Yeah. He's the one with the actual drive in this whole franchise. The ambition, you know, it's kind of, like, always oozed over for him. And then Jack reads off that there's, like, this pardon and a commission as a privateer. And this is, like, all setting the stage again for a possible Norrington return. Return to the... Return of the Jedi. <laughs> return of the Commodore. A different take on it. But that's what... You know, Norrington is just trying to scheme his way back into the fold. So he's not bitter, it seems like, so much that that the crown and everybody kind of turned their back on him. Stripped right. him of his he just wants it back. status. He just wants it back. That's, that's where he is. It's kind of interesting. So it's not like he harbors this animosity. Maybe he does. I don't know. But the desire to have what his life back as it was and to have that power, that Commodore power that he could wield that's driving him more than oh god i have to work with these asshats that kicked me out of here in the first place yeah better than scrubbing the deck with your wig well in his mind the way he thinks he would have kicked ever anybody that did what he did out also he would have too so he understands the what happened maybe you know maybe that's a good point i sink a ship chasing down this damn pirate Going all over the world chasing him. Yeah. So, of course, I deserve to lose my Commodore ship. Commodore Commodore ship. status. <laughs> Commodore status. Commodore ship. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I guess that maybe it was his ship, but his ship was destroyed in the well, hurricane. Well, I didn't mean ship by ship. I meant ship by his status. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. But I love this minute. Not Heather's weird commentary. Because it's not about the double entendres here. It's the freaking acting, though. And Gibbs, okay, he's always awesome. Yet this is where, like, the chemistry between Jack and Elizabeth and also Kira and Johnny absolutely shine. And I called out both because it's more than just, like, the actors working well together. It's the believability they bring to the characters and the relationship between them. It's damn near perfect. I really like this minute. Really? Not for the metaphors, the double entendre. Are you the, sure? The euphemisms. That's that's a large part of it, I will admit. But just looking at Elizabeth, 
Kira Knightley in this scene, kind of playing off both Gibbs and Jack. Yeah. It's really great. Well, within the last two, the last minute and this minute. Yeah. Yeah, because in the last minute, like you said, they were, the, she was like the third wheel, the wheel. Third she was will. like the third wheel. <laughs> the third wheel. <laughs> and they were kind of just talking over her. Now they're actually talking to her like they're trying to teach her about the D- Davy Jones chest. Yeah, they're filling her in on the details. Like, this is going to be bad. Yeah, they're teaching her about if it. If Beckett gets the freaking chest. So this is, I think this is a good point that you're bringing up. Because this is. Of course kinda, it is. <laughs> and you don't even realize it. This is why I'm explaining it to you because you have no really? clue as to what you said. Is Jack and Gibbs are try are now like okay. In a way they're they're saying like, yeah, we were kind of playing you. We wanted to do this, all that stuff. Right. Jack needs to get this cracking off his back. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. And now it's kind of at that point of are you freaking kidding me? If Beckett gets this, this is the end to the pirate's way of life out here. Right. If this actually happens. And by the way, Elizabeth, this isn't just pirates like us. This is pirates like you. You're a pirate. Jack's been, you know, kind of called her out as a pirate in her honor and all that. And this is all part of it. Like, this is changing the future if this idiot gets this chest and controls the sea or seas. So that that's what I think is is going on here. It's like it's it's elevating that okay, this was just for Jack, but yeah. now it's like, you know, damn it, not just for me anymore. Now we're talking this is a bigger issue than just Jack. Yeah. From Gibbs' perspective. Jack, yeah, nothing's really ever well, bigger no. than Jack, but yeah. it still is a bad thing, at least for the way of life that he wants, because you know, actually I'll mention some of that later. Because there's a tie-in from some of the script that the dialogue that was cut that wasn't actually used in the oh, movie okay. that kind of ties right into that Jack's freedom, bigger than Jack kind of idea or Jack's character. But her aloofness, and this is Elizabeth, like while playing Jack, there's this underlying humor with it too. Jack's accusations of honor and this piracy kind of thing, but they work incredibly well in the scene. And that is just, well, that brings a smile to my face because they seem to be enjoying the back and forth. It's like this flirtatiousness. It, it's It's pure... Pirates of the Caribbean moment that they share here. Because then we sprinkle in a bit of superstitious Gibbs. Even though it's not really superstitions, it's more like the world will come apart. Well, yeah. But it's like we, to put it in Gibbs' words, we got ourselves a pirate movie here. Because that's what it is. This is that what the franchise is all about. Merging action, supernatural, subtle humor based on character arcs and personalities. And that's because I mentally block out the chasm flip. With the fruit and the pole. Pelagosto. Jack. Perhaps you remember that. <laughs> Maybe. I, I kind of put that in, in the archives. It's good. There you go. Way deep. No, I think you were, in you, the were archives. you were okay a bit with the slapstick. Okay, we're, we're going back too far. But I get the feeling that Jack is not so much asking about her honor, though, because he's concerned for Will. But he's wondering if he has a shot. Did she cheat on... Him? <laughs> How dare you be unfaithful to me? I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. What'd you think? Did you get that feeling too? Yeah. It's like he was getting a little like offended. Wait. Uh, oh, are that? you that or... morally loose that you're yeah. going to get that? And if so, how can I use this to <laughs> yeah. my advantage? 
How can Wait I a second. On my end? Wait, put that Kraken on hold. I might get some action here. Let me test this situation. <laughs> a Kraken? What? What Kraken? No, there's nothing chasing us. Elizabeth. Yeah, persuade me. That kind of thing. And speaking of persuasions, I mean, wh- like, what kind of host would I be if I didn't declare? I do declare that this must be the time for, like, my world-famous list. A-, a few of my favorite euphemisms in this minute. And, like, here's my ranking of minute 92's double entendres. Okay? Okay. Ready. Or double entendre. I don't know if you... Can you plural that? <laughs> Is that know. even a word? Double entendres? Am I just making stuff You're up? making stuff up. I might be. Okay. Number, and this is where it gets really, this is where it gets, uh, how shall I say, controversial for the euphemisms in this minute. Here's my list. Number two on my list. All other euphemisms. Yes, including all those friendly persuasions. And that brings us to number one. Because yes, there are no equals when it comes to euphemisms in this minute. Dare I say the entire franchise is the epitome right here. Minute 92. Because honestly, the mother of all of them happens right here, right now, and you guys can witness it. If only I had the, like, sexy Elizabeth voice, I could say this. Because trust me, either way, this won't be the same coming from me. Whole different scenario here. Because number one, so that's number two, is everything else. And that's also because I'm lazy about it. But number one from Elizabeth, you do know Will taught me how to handle a sword. Ah! Adam bomb drop. <laughs> or is that a mic drop? I think that's a minion phrase from that or something like that. But anyways, that's the atom bomb right there. You do know Will taught me how to handle a sword. Now, I can just imagine. You did it be taught? I send you to the deep. A, how dare you? Rude. <laughs> I said, <laughs> that is true. The way I read that. Will taught me how to handle a sword. That's interesting. It I didn't is. know you personally knew Will. Yeah. We're obviously, like, really tight. <laughs> tight not, buddies. We're really tight. <laughs> How dare you? Get the hell out of here. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I can just imagine all these little girls coming out. That's their favorite line from the movie. Not really <laughs> understanding what it means. Parents are sitting there and their daughters and kids are playing Pirates of the Caribbean. You do know Will taught me how to handle a sword. Parents are cringing. <laughs> what the hell? No, but it's... Poor Jack. He's getting his engine revved up here, only to have his request for persuasion deflected, denied. I think he scared her away. She's like, oh, no, this is going the wrong direction. Hey, she <laughs> joined in that. <laughs> she caused it. She it's didn't realize that that was going to be more of an invitation and not going like the a... the wrong direction. Yeah. I should just walk away from this situation. It's like, uh, get Jack some ice water. Okay, well, a time machine to bring this guy a nice glass of ice water in the Caribbean. You know, something that's hard to... <laughs> it's a hard to come by amenity in the 18th century in the Caribbean. But yeah, that is the euphemism of all euphemisms right there. Maybe. And, and I may actually have to break down all the euphemisms in the movie, and I may rank those. It's going to be a big task, but that would be something that would be worth my while. If I'm going <laughs> to dive into three or four hours on pencils and pens of the 18th century, I might as well put it to some good use it, well, that people can learn from. When people ask you about the history, you go, well, I do know the entire list of euphemisms from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and then they'll go, well, that's actually really good knowledge to have. <laughs> and I agree. So maybe someday in the future, that could be like a bonus episode of just the, the euphemism breakdown. The ranking of the euphemisms in the, uh, the franchise. The good ones. Not all of them. The good ones. 
And we'll see if this one still holds up. Oh, I think it will. <laughs> and there's medicine for that these days. You can if it doesn't hold up. <laughs> you can take a pill. <laughs> so either way, it'll work. Oh, that's what happens with a lack of sleep. Or every show here. Yeah, it's every show. Some, it doesn't matter. Almost every show. It we doesn't have, matter how much sleep we have. Do you have a couple of two small things? Damn it. Another euphemism, I guess. From the script, though, I wanted to mention. Basically, I went looking for unused euphemisms in the script, but sadly, was left unsatisfied. Yet I did see a couple of things that are interesting. They're not used. Well, one of is like a bit of dialogue that's not used, and then there's like some direction for Elizabeth that is used. It's, it's insight into her feelings. So instead of saying, this is Jack, as if I could be bought for such a low price, the script says, as if I could be bought, not for this low price. Fate worse than death, living a life like that. Because this, uh, this is the privateer thing, the reading the letters of Mark, her offer. Yeah. And this is, I think it comes up somewhere else in the film, but it's the idea that Jack is not meant to be this privateer type, not under the, like, the thumb of the crown or working for the man, the East India Company. Because he's the free as a sparrow type. And it's not necessary to spell it out, though. And I think that's why it works, because it's not blatant as originally outlined in the script. Yeah. With him actually saying that. Because we know that about him. We know this isn't who he is. And that's the beauty of like this well-tuned script. Is that when it starts being put into the movie, you can go, okay, we don't need this. This is a little bit too much down like that exposition road. Because we get the gist of the character from his actions. And it doesn't always have to just like dabble in that whole spelling everything out. That whole exposition or dialogue that's meant to hover kind of around expedition. Like detailing everything. Exposition. Did I say expedition? <laughs> we're going no, out we're on, going a, on a we're going out on a exposition <laughs> expedition. But as for Elizabeth, the script says here's the direction it says. It says Jack grins, Elizabeth stares, considering for a moment, slapping him or dot 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 something dot dot dot, but finally turns and walks away, flushed. Then a slight smile comes across her face. Huh. So there's definitely something to talk about with her and Kind of the smile. Because we know she has this love-hate thing for Jack. Yeah. And again, that sexual tension. And Will's getting old. Well, Will feels that there's a tension between Jack and Elizabeth. Yeah. The menage, maybe, again. <laughs> but that smile, though, it really comes up in minute 93. We do get a really good look at it. And so I'm going to like discuss it in the next episode. Kind of come across as... Like, much better as she continues to excel at being the top of the pirate notch there. So maybe I'll just delay that. But I think that it has... It's about her evolution as a pirate and how good she is as a pirate. Going up against Jack, whether it's with swords, say. Yeah. Or this verbal repartee. Right. This, I can stand on my own kind of thing. Right. So that's it. That's all I got today. That's I don't probably know why anything. Jack likes her. Maybe. That's probably it. You know, challenge. She challenges him wherever all the other women just kind of roll over. It's a, a Roland Z. Hay. <laughs> yeah. Roland Z. Hay. She Roland challenges Hay. him. Yeah, I think and that's it. She, he walks away wanting more. That's true. More. Well, because Jack is used to, yeah, women who just roll over easy or he pays for them. Right. And Elizabeth is not that type. But she flirts with him. She kind of hovers on some of that other stuff that 
just gets him going. More ways than one. Yeah. Yeah. We can break it down next minute. Because there is some there is some interesting looks and acting on Kira's part and how Elizabeth is is sitting there before the big Norrington comes up to her. But that's a spoiler for minute ninety three. One last thought. That sounded so canned. It's like <laughs> I pushed the button. <laughs> One last thought. <laughs> Okay, now if you're like you... Jim Carrey overacting <laughs> over there. Alrighty then. What? When you threaten somebody with a sword, shouldn't you be holding a sword at that time? <laughs> Maybe she was. <laughs> I have to look where her hands were. I have to see where her hands were. Maybe she was. Maybe she was. Maybe that's why Jack was uh, asking for some more persuasion. <laughs> Possibly. Did you have anything else? That's, <laughs> that's it, it for, for me. me. I'm spent. Jinx. <laughs> Some sleep, maybe some ice water, a bit of Independence Day celebration, some more pirate action. So we'll be back on Friday with Minute 93. Let me warn you, though, that it may be a bit late, depending on our recording for Friday. Because it might be a bit difficult to record if there's, say, bombs bursting in air. (laughs) But Friday, at some point, there will be a Minute 93, from early to late, Dead Man's Chest. And then until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum, and... Happy Fourth of July. There you go. Happy You've been listening to the Black Pearl Show. And we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best dub clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.